penises can some, sometimes be like a health portal for men. So all of a sudden you're having a good time and then next minute you're feeling like there's about to be a naked awkward moment. And we all know the naked awkward moment is something none of us would like to have and we'd like to avoid at all costs. another week of let's talk about sex here on mornings and i'm excited to chat to you today tanya about something a little different we've touched on quite a few different topics in this time that i've been able to spend with you and get to know you on mornings but it feels like and you mentioned this earlier i think you're right we haven't done enough chat about penises so today i'm excited to talk about erectile dysfunction with you here on mornings my name is maya bielik i'm joined by our resident pleasure therapist and activist tanya coons welcome morning maya yes it's exciting to be talking about penises for a change i think they're much maligned um but i think it's really important to talk about things that can go well and things that can go not so well for them now sometimes erections can just be hard to come by other times you might be able to get it up but the fun might be over a little sooner or quicker than you might have expected talking about erectile dysfunction tanya i don't know about you but to me, I think feels quite a bit taboo. It's not necessarily something I see lots of people talking about in open or amongst friends. And it seems like a lot of people with penises don't want to acknowledge that sometimes it's just a natural thing that might happen. Do you think erectile dysfunction is just not about being able to get it up? Or what is it? How common do you think these sustained issues with getting or keeping an erection are? Oh, these are such good questions, Maya. Lots of things for us to dive into here. I do think it's funny, isn't it? Because there's pub talk uh, around, there's lots of pub talk around penises, but not so much around what can go wrong or what might be a little bit different to people's expectations. So I'm hoping uh, that in good faith that us having a conversation like this on air gives people a lot of stuff to think about and normalises what goes on right? So your first question, what is erectile dysfunction? Basically, it's having problems either getting or maintaining an erection. It used to be called impotence, but now it's commonly referred to as ED. And it's quite common for folks with penises to experience this at some point, right? And I emphasize those words because just because it happens once doesn't mean it's going to happen all the time, or maybe that it will even ever happen again. And I say to my clients, it's pretty normal for about 20% of folks in their 20s to experience ED at some point, 30% of folk in their 30s, 40% of folk in their 40s. Can you see the trend here? It's more likely to happen to you the older you get. How you deal with it is uh, what's going to influence whether that whether it hangs around or it keeps coming back, all sorts of things like that. That's a crazy statistic. I mean, I think that's a lot bigger than someone might assume or think to be the case. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's really common, but we're not talking about it. But there's a lot of worrying about it going on in the background. Yeah. And I mean, hopefully hearing that number should be able to provide you, if you're listening, this is something that uh, you're thinking about or has happened to you, hopefully provides you a little bit of comfort in knowing that you're not alone in, in this experience at all. No, it's super normal. And there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. You know, your partner's not terrible. There's nothing like that. This this stuff sort of happens. Now, I think it's pretty safe to say that this can happen at any random time in life. What are some everyday things that might make it harder for someone to get it up? Okay. Well, the first one and the biggest one is worrying about it. So as we were just saying, having experienced it once, people can worry about it coming 
coming back. Uh, but sometimes the importance or the pressure of having a new lover, when you're really excited and you want to impress them, uh, people can worry about that. They can they can worry about people talking about you and your sexual performance in social circles. I find this one really common amongst younger men who are sort of in the party scene or in high school, maybe, you know, with closely knit friends where people talk. They really, really worry about something going wrong and then everyone talking about it and them getting a dud reputation. Um, sometimes people can feel intimidated by their partner feel like their partner might have more sexual experience or broader sexual experience than them. Uh, for some people, they might have watched a lot of porn and listened to a lot of pub talk and they worry that they can't measure up. So there's lots and lots of ways that people can worry. There are also some physical reasons, right? So take a look at your medications and read the side effects because some medications will definitely impact sexual functioning. Uh, having too much alcohol is one problem. Have you ever heard of the saying brewer's droop? It's there for a reason. Or taking drugs. 80% uh, of folks with penises can't get hard when taking class A drugs. Something to remember because I'll get often lots of young men sitting across from me going I had a really great night you know I had you know six to eight beers I had a couple of pingers we had a really good time I met this lovely chick and I couldn't get a you know when I got home I just couldn't I couldn't go where I wanted to with her. I'm like, ah, well, you did a whole bunch of things that um, made it really difficult for your body to perform in the way that you'd normally expect it to. So don't worry about that stuff. There are things at play. Excessive smoking can affect your erections. Diabetes can. Any vascular disease, multiple sclerosis. Um, I really like penises can some, sometimes be like a health portal for men. And in older men, it can be a three-year predictor for a heart attack, right? If you're having trouble getting it up, go see your doctor. The smallest arteries in the body are in the groin, right? So if you you're going to have problems with your arteries, it's going to show up in your groin and your erections first. So it's a little bit like the canary in the coal mine. So if things aren't going well, go to your doctor, get some tests run. And then there's a normal softening of erections with age as well, which people aren't really familiar with. You know, they start to panic if things happen. So there's, there's a lot. Look at all of those things. Lots and lots and lots of reasons why things may not go according to plan once, twice or several times. So at what point then do you think that this should be categorized as more of an ongoing issue. What sort of things do you see um, cause someone to have some more sustained issues with getting or keeping erections, given that it could be the result of an underlying medical issue? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. If there's illness, then erectile dysfunction could be, become an issue as part of the illness. Um, so that's when you can start to look at treatment, like uh, things like Viagra or Levitra or Cialis. They're known as PDE5 inhibitors. Um, and what they do is when you take those pills, a lot of people think that they give you an erection. They do not. They cut off, they interrupt the signal that the body gives to tell all the smooth muscles in the penis to let the blood out of it now. So they cut that signal off. I love to tell people this, you know, if you're worried about erectile function and you're getting erections, you got that erection all by yourself. No little blue pill is going to give you an erection. You get that yourself. It's the maintaining of the erection that the pill can help you with, right? So it's, it's interesting. So sometimes underlying health Health causes can be really helped out by PDE5 inhibitors. If it's performance anxiety, which is pretty common, and, and that's where I get to meet lots of people, then it's best to go see a sex therapist and work on the anxiety behind it that's associating with the sex. So some people, you know, we, we talked about all the reasons that people worry. Um, and for sometimes people might just get it for whatever reason, and then they're absolutely paranoid about it happening again, because there might have been shame, there might have been fear, a whole bunch of things. I guess it's a lot to do with what's going on in your head. If 
if there's medical reasons, then work with your doctor because there's um, there's more than one treatment too. If you don't like PDE5 inhibitors, you can use uh, a thing called a vacuum pump where you insert the penis in the pump and then pull back and it creates a vacuum and that creates uh, an erection in the penis. And as you slide the pump off, there's like a, a ring, an elastic ring that goes around the base of the penis that keeps the erection there for about 20 minutes. If you want your erection to last longer, you can use a couple of rings, right? So there's that. And then some people find it a bit icky, but others find it really handy. There's an injection uh, injection called Cabaject, which you inject straight into the penis and that will give you an erection. So people get a bit funny, like, whoa, I don't want to inject myself there. But you know what? For something quick and easy, if you're in a long-term relationship and you're having some erectile difficulties for health reasons or whatever, quick tour of the bedside drawer and an injection and all's good. And it's less invasive than a penis pump or the PD and 5 inhibitors, which can sometimes be contraindicated with things like beta blockers or uh, amyl nitrate, party poppers, do not do them together. There are reasons, right? So there are things, definitely things. If someone is listening, is going through this, what methods or techniques do you recommend them trying? Okay, so well, we've got the, those three medical approaches to it. You can also, there's also surgery. Like if it's a really chronic thing, you can have surgery and have an implant put in that you can either use saline, they, they put a saline pouch of water in and you can pump it up yourself or they can put bendy things in so you can bend up and down. So there's a lot, a lot of things available to you medically. If you're having issues because of psychological reasons, then coming to see me, I'll do things like help you stay present and in the moment because when we think about it anxiety is worrying about something that may happen in the future so you might be in your body having a lovely time with your lover Mm, feels good when they touch me there I really like this about them and then your brain goes ding what if I lose my erection? Your brain will time travel into the future, be it one minute ahead or three months ahead, whatever you're worrying about. And your brain will give you the stress as if that thing's actually happening. So all of a sudden you're having a good time and then next minute you're feeling like there's about to be a naked awkward moment. And we all know the naked awkward moment is something none of us would like to have and we'd like to avoid at all costs. So you can do things to stay present by focusing on your senses. Think, having little conversations in your head like, ooh, it feels really nice when they touch me there i really like this thing my lover's doing with their tongue doesn't my lover look really hot from this angle or fuck i like the way they smell right there's all sorts of if you look at that all sorts of things around the senses sight taste smell touch um sound so that's one and i've often had clients come back saying oh my god i had the best sex i've ever had because i was paying so much attention to it that i went off on all of the levels and i was like great excellent so that's one another one is to sit down either on your own or with your lover and answer that what if question. So what if I lose my erection, right? Because part of the fear is not knowing what we're going to do or that an naked awkward moment might arise. So you can write all these different answers to that story. So what if I lose my erection? Well, we could shake hands and I could see you here tomorrow or we could kiss and cuddle for a little while and see what happens. Maybe it will come back, maybe it won't. We could take a shower together. We could play Scrabble. 
I could do something that makes your partner's eyes roll back in your head, you know, so maybe my erection's not going so well, but let me do some, let me, you know, let me just focus on your pleasure for a little while. There's plenty of things that you can do that are not a naked or good moment. And I think when you get into bed, knowing that you've got all these potential ends to the story in your back pocket, when you get that, what if thought, it's not so scary. You're like, oh, well, you know, I've got a lot of options there. I might choose option A and then option C. So sit down for a little while and think about that. It's a really good idea to do it with your partner because if you freeze, they can remind you of things that that you two have spoken about that would be absolutely fine to do. What if someone listening is able to get an erection, but they have an issue with arriving or coming quicker than they might like? What are some factors that might cause that? Okay, so what you're talking about here is that's called premature ejaculation. Um, The official definition of that is gone in 60 seconds. There's a a measurement called the IELT, the intravaginal ejaculatory latency time, and that's time of penis inside vagina to ejaculation. And they're now doing research around um, anal and inside mouth and around breast, so they're doing a lot more, but this was the the standard for a while and one of um, uh, of the researchers, the lead researchers on this is an Australian. So they worked out that there's a bit of a scale and on average, guys last between two and seven and a half minutes uh, with intercourse. So that's quite different to what you're seeing in the porn. Yeah, it's quite different to a lot of people's expectations of themselves as well. You know, I often get people to fill in forms about how long they think intercourse should last. And a lot of people think it should last 20 to 30 minutes. And that's way at the low end of what's possible for most people with penises. So having a little look at that is important. And then there's all sorts of reasons for premature ejaculation. You could have lifelong PE, we like to call it. So you could have it that every time you have intercourse within 30 to 60 seconds, most of the time you've ejaculated, or maybe not even getting to intercourse, that it's so arousing and so exciting that before you can get there, you've ejaculated. It could be that your ability to control your body or your ejaculation is absent or diminished. Um, It could be that you have a low biological set point. Some people just have that, you know, like some of us are tall, some of us are thin, all sorts of reasons there. Uh, It could be that you've learned to be fast when you were younger. You know, lots of people with penises learn quick masturbation in a family bathroom or if they're sharing a bedroom, it's like, whoa, I don't want to be caught. I'm just going to do this really fast. Or their first sexual encounters might've been in the back of a car with curfew on, like hurrying up to get home or not be caught in the back of a car. Or they might've been with a sex worker and on the clock. It may be that people haven't learned how to manage sexual tension in their body, right? They don't know how to control arousal. Uh, They may have had lack of experience with themselves or others. So a lot of people know when they're getting very excited, you know, like edging is a big thing. So edging shows control over your body. You can get really close to having an orgasm, then pull yourself back. That could be stopping what you're doing. It could be thinking of your tax accountant or your mother-in-law. It could be trying something different. People work out ways to take the arousal down and then bring it up again and then take it down and bring it up again. So a lot of folks with PE have not worked that out. And also they may have a heightened sensitivity in their penis. Some people have super duper duper sensitive penises. For some folks, when you pull the foreskin back, they're like, oh my God, this is so intensely pleasurable. I can't control myself. That's that's for the lifelong people. Then there's acquired premature ejaculation. So people will develop it at some point in their life, having previously had okay experiences. It could be sudden or it could be gradual. It could be associated with anxiety around sexual performance, which we were talking about with erectile dysfunction. 
It could come with erectile dysfunction um, and it could come with some diseases like prostatitis or hyperthyroidism. One thing to know, anxiety makes people with penises come faster and people with vulvas take longer. It's a big fault in the design system, right? So bear that in mind. And also if it's been a while since you've been sexual, things are likely to go off faster. So think about that one as well. And then I think sometimes people, they, what are you calling premature ejaculation? You know, people can be preoccupied with how long it's taking them to come. If I come before my partner, that does not mean I have premature ejaculation. It means that I come before my partner. Um, and we have to think about things. Like if you're having sex with a partner that has a vulva, uh, in partnered sex, people with vulvas take on average 17 and a half minutes of stimulation before they can have an orgasm. And when you're looking at the IELT, people take uh, two to seven minutes. So unless you're spending a lot longer on the person with the vulvas, foreplay, out of course, whatever you're doing there, it could be that you do come before them, but there's reasons for that. Don't believe the porn where people last 20 minutes to an hour. That's been sliced and cut up. They're often taking Viagra or things like that. It's really important to believe your average person's lasting two to seven and a half minutes. They're important things for us to just sort of breathe in and go, ah, oh, I might be expecting too much of my body. Yeah, no, absolutely true. If you are having problems with premature ejaculation. I've heard of some people who use specific types of condoms because it helps them to prevent or stop from coming too quickly. What do you suggest people should try in that instance? Mm, I've heard that, yeah, maybe using condoms that can reduce sensitivity uh, to enable people to last longer. I know some doctors and sex therapists prescribe topical cream or gel that can numb the penis to help the owner of the penis to last a bit longer. But you know what? This can also rub off into a vagina and anus and mouth uh, and cause numbness there. So I'm not sure that that's the best solution. I think it's better to understand your body and how it works. Um, so learn your tension points. A sex therapist or a sexological body worker or even a tantric practitioner can help you with that sort of stuff. Do some masturbation exercises because there are uh, sets of exercises designed to help people last longer, like to last 15 minutes masturbating before they have an orgasm. Doing pelvic floor exercises can definitely impact sexual performance like that and relaxation and breathing exercises. If you're anxious, maybe do some therapy to reduce the anxiety. There was, uh, I think the doctors found out that uh, an off-label use for SSRI antidepressants was that it, it helped people with premature ejaculation last longer. So then the drug companies developed a, a drug called Prilogy, which is a like a one-off use when you need to SSRI antidepressant that helps people with premature ejaculation. But you know, the best thing is to be able to be relaxed and to be mindful and to be present. What about if this is seriously affecting your partner? What's the best way that someone can support them and make them feel at ease with everything that's happening? Uh, this is such a good question, you know, because uh, don't shame your partner or laugh at them. Make sex about all sorts of activities. It's not just about P and V sex. I keep saying this, you know, in the heteronormative world, uh, sex tends to be all about a rush to get to the P and V part of the equation because that's what we've learned about in school and we haven't been taught anything else about pleasure, bodies, all sorts of things. So make sex about pleasure and what feels good. You can be curious 
curious, how, how's your partner feeling? Are they worried about anything? Has this happened before? Like sometimes folks will get premature ejaculation when they've got somebody new because they're nervous and anxious about pleasing them or being a good lover. But after a while, they'll relax and all will come good. Also, don't assume that because your partner might be having ejaculation issues that they don't desire you or there's something wrong with you. It's quite the opposite generally. Um, so it's not that you're not attractive enough and it's not that you did something wrong. Uh, so help them create a relaxed environment with no expectations. Make sex about what's possible and what's pleasurable rather than performance and outcome. And then sometimes it might be useful if you help them seek help that might be useful for them. Like if they can't work it out on their own, go see a professional. You know, we're, we're not a bad bunch of folks. We, we've got your pleasure in our hearts and wanting to help you develop ways that you can access more pleasure in your sex life. I can confirm having gotten the chance to get to know Tanya. It's a totally shame-free zone, so don't ever feel discouraged if that's an avenue you're seriously considering taking. Tanya, we've been chatting today about uh, erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation, some issues that might happen to you if you happen to have a penis in the sex department. What are some other things that listeners should be mindful of that can affect them if they have a penis? There's a thing called Peyronie's disease, which uh, is a forming of platelets in the penis that can create a bend or a curve. In the penis, so for some people that can be mild, but if you leave that go untreated, the curvature in the penis can actually be quite severe and in some cases prevent ability to have intercourse. Uh, you can get things like prostatitis and things where you've got swelling or disease in that area. But one of the other ones, there's, um, there is retrograde ejaculation and that's where your plumbing's organised so that uh, instead of when you ejaculate, uh, ejaculate coming out of the body, it goes back into the body. So a good sign of that is if you have cloudy urine afterwards, it might be that your ejaculation is going back into the body. You need to go see a urologist about stuff like that. And then there's another one called delayed ejaculation, or this is inability to orgasm. Some people might refer to this as anorgasmia in people who have penises. But I think with this one, it's really important to remember in order to have an orgasm for any type of genitals for one split second you have to lose control right and this is really difficult for some folk so thinking about that and also uh, in the case of delayed ejaculation sometimes it's a fear of getting someone pregnant sometimes it's a fear of contracting an STI so that can come out in the fact that people People just won't allow that last split second of losing control and they don't have an orgasm or ejaculate. And people are like, well, isn't that great? Then can't you have sex and just go and go and go forever? And I'm like, yes, you can. But, you know, in some cases partners are like, I really want you to have an orgasm so I feel attractive or desirable or competent as a lover. It can cause a little bit of stress. Uh, and sometimes it's really frustrating for the person with a penis who can't ejaculate because they really want to have an orgasm. Um, you can get delayed ejaculation. You might have learned to masturbate in what we call an idiosyncratic style. That is, you're unable to match what you do to your penis to get yourself off in your own time to that of spending time with a soft, squishy human being. For example, humping the mattress excessively or rubbing up against a, a hard brick wall or a hard object. I read a paper once about somebody who discovered using sandpaper on their penis to masturbate. And I'm like, whoa, 
that's fairly hectic and uh, very difficult to match when you're with uh, another human being. And then uh, popular sex commentator Dan Savage came up with the term death grip. So often this is uh, when people watch a lot of porn and we'll get to that. But a death grip is someone who holds their penis really, really tightly and then they have quite a frantic uh, uh, friction to it. So if you can imagine tight grip and a lot of friction, uh, imagine trying to achieve a similar sensation with another human being, right? You're going to bang them into the headboard pretty much. It's not going to be as comfortable for them. So you've taught your body how to have orgasms in this way but can't really or haven't haven't taught your body to have orgasms in any other way, right? So there's, there's that. So we'll often do work around resensitizing the penis for different situations. But then you've also got biological set points. You know, some people find it really difficult to come or some people raise their biological set point by watching a lot of porn, right? So if you're watching porn for a long time, it might be that you start off watching one type of porn and then you're seeking a greater arousal. So you go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So you can be constantly raising the level that you require in order to tip over and have an orgasm. It can also be really dissociative where you're not really connected with your body. You're just looking at porn and sort of stimulating yourself as a distraction. Uh, and I, I work with clients then and do, we do a thing called porn yoga where they have to masturbate standing up and they have to look away from the porn. They're allowed to look at porn, but if you're looking at porn, for 10 seconds of every minute you need to look away and in somehow engage with your body. So you might breathe or you might uh, slap yourself or you might touch yourself, do something dance up and down, whatever, for 10 seconds, and then you can go back to looking at the porn. But you can't stare at that screen for minutes and minutes and hours and hours. You know, like 10 seconds of every 60, you're looking away and you're engaging with your body. It's a highly effective way of working with delayed ejaculation. Tanya, thanks so much for coming through today. Information is always as insightful as ever. If you've just joined us, we've been chatting about erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation if there's anything you missed or you want to revisit or some tips you need to do some Googling about, you'll find everything at fbiradio.com slash programs. Just click on Mornings with Maya Billick and you'll find everything from the 11.10 mark. Tanya, you'll be back in a fortnight. We'll be chatting about anorgasmia. Yes, anorgasmia. That's the... Uh inability to have an orgasm so there you go you're going to want to join us again this time in a fortnight let's talk about sex you can catch it wherever you get your podcast from thank you so much for coming through today tanya it's always a pleasure maya thanks for having me 